You may have seen him on his skateboard. You may have seen him on TV. You may have even seen him climbing the shelves in his local supermarket or sitting on an aeroplane with all that extra leg room. He's best known for his work on stage, inspiring and motivating to the world and all it has to offer. Well, now you can hear him, JC, on his very own show, John Kudis. Instead of JC being interviewed, he's doing the interviewing. And the people lined up to have a chat with John Kudis are some of Australia's and the planet's most well-known celebrities, politicians and everyday people. Enjoy. Now, I've got a very special person sitting down with me today, a Perth-born gymnast, a Perth-born gymnast who at the age of 19 represented Australia uh, in the Beijing Olympics, then headed over to the US attending the Oregon University, competing at the NCAA and also the 2005 and 2008 Gymnastic World Championships. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then again, off to Glasgow to compete for Australia in the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> but more recently, listeners, you will know her as the fiery redhead that's competing on the craze that has not just swept our nation, but swept the world. It's Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And sitting here is the beautiful Olivia Vivian with me. Aw, thank you so Hello, much honey. for having me. Oh, look, it. I'm the one that is so honoured. To watch you beaming coming through the front door here at Ivy and Jack's in the middle of Perth is, uh, <laughs> and everyone was going, "What oh the who it is?" You know, oh, I forget that yeah. people are like are looking at me now. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, people are staring at me because I'm a dork. No, no they're staring at you because you're a megastar, mate. So, well, first of all, how's the jet lag? Because you've only just returned from the states, and yep. you saw it on TV where Australia went up against Europe and, and America. Mm-hmm. And we finished second there, didn't we? Yeah, yep. that was... I, th- I thought that was pretty good for our first time, given yeah. that, you know, America's been in the sport 11 years. So. 11 years? You were saying that earlier. Mm-hmm. 11 years. It's only, what, our third year? Yeah, yeah, Our exactly. third year. So they've got eight years on us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bloody rat bags, aren't That's they? That's right. You know, the true grit Aussie style. Yeah. Through, so. And you know what? I, I enjoyed watching you and... Um, and your partner, Ben, mm-hmm. and you, you took a little bit of attitude, a little bit of Aussie attitude over there with you, like brushing off the tickets and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> that was good. That's very American, I must say. Oh, yeah. But it was good to give it back to them, wasn't it? Absolutely. And I think um, because America had been versing a lot of Asian countries, European countries, yes. the Japanese used to always be involved. So I think this was the first time they had a really... English-speaking country, absolute larrikins, yep. goofballs. We were jumping from stage to stage. We, we, we did, and we yep. did well. Yeah, you know, we I thought did. the Europeans would have squashed everybody. They were bloody hopeless, weren't they, the Europeans? It was, was shocking, actually, because I know they have some really tough competitors. I think it, it just comes down to that moment where the, you know, the, the margin for mistake is zero to none. Very, that's exactly right. Um, so, yeah, they just, you know, had a yeah. few slip-ups and it let us uh, yep. get a few and points. Yeah, it opened the door for us and... And like us, mate, you know, we, we grab every opportunity that we can. Oh, yeah. You know, so, now, let me take you back. Yep. Back to your childhood. <laughs> way and, back. Way back. <laughs> and I want to ask you, do you remember your first pair of shoes? My first pair of shoes? I do, um, I do for one moment, because uh, I was a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. Wow, Dorothy. Yeah. And the red shoes. <laughs> So I think when I saw a pair of red sparkly shoes, yeah. 
Oh, it's very You're a typical clear bloody girl, memory. aren't you? I know, eh? I love the sparkles. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so that was probably my first that I remember. Oh, and did you have a pair of red sparkly shoes? Oh, yes, I got I got a pair. You did, you yeah. got a pair. Yeah, that's what I remember. I was I'm sort of that person where I see something yep. and if I sleep on it and I'm still thinking about it, it's a sign. Yep. Um, but my mum was, uh, you know, she still is quite strict and, you know, yep. she has a really good point on the value of money. So yes. I had to get a job. Yeah, of I course, wanted those mate. shoes. Yeah. I had to get a job. You so. know, a lot of people don't instill that in their children today. No, You no, know, no. and there's a lot of handouts instead yep. of hand-ups. I remember the day when we'd get 20 cents for a tooth. And now people are getting twenty dollars. Mate, the tooth fairy's got to be going broke. Oh my god! He must have a massive mortgage. The tooth fairy, I tell you. (laughs) Fair dinkum. Yeah. Now you're Perth born and raised. Yeah, I love it. Tell me about growing up here, because when when you were growing up here, I mean, I mean, you're not that old. You're not as old as me, but it still would have been a small town. What what suburb were you in growing up? Uh, so my mum and dad bought in Cottesloe before it was Cottesloe. Right, so Cottesloe was on the water? Um, no, on the other side of the rail tracks. Okay, then I really know where I am at first, don't I? So, I mean, Cottesloe is on the water, the yep. beach, beautiful beach, and then you cross the rail tracks, and that's called the dingy side of Cottesloe. The dingy side of Cottesloe. That is the dingy uh, side of everything, no, right? But, um, it's, yeah, I, was, I think I was very fortunate that that suburb then became... You know, one of the prestigious, and it was a great neighbourhood. My yep. school was right across the road, so oh, easy. Yeah, just walk to school. Um, but it was—it was eight years old when I started gymnastics. Yep. And from you just couldn't get me out of the gym. You I just, just loved it. Absolute monkey. Just so yeah, it was. I sort of you know, I ended up growing up in a gym. I would say. Yep. Wow, and it, it's really paved the way for you, like starting so young yeah. and having that passion again, like. These days, there's a lot more for kids to do, like technology-wise, and what yeah. it would be to get in a gym or run around a footy field or go and play cricket. Yeah. You know, they, they just seem to be born with, you know, iPads or or, or uh, things in their hands that pure technology. Their fingers move so fast, they can't even comprehend. Absolutely, and they've all got their heads down. Have you noticed that? They've all got their heads down. They're, they're going to end up with Imagine bad their heads. Imagine posture and, growing up. Oh. It's going to be, but um, I think that's one of the reasons that I love the show Ninja Warrior yep. so much. Um, because, you know, kids see it and then they want to do it. And yep. suddenly they're out in the monkey bars or suddenly they're out doing a little bit of activity, which I think is great. Um, my my sister and her partner Ellen, they have twin boys, Jack and Flynn. Yeah, oh, good and man. and they just spent some time at my mum and dad's place, though, so their grandma and poppy's place. Yeah, and Christy and Ellen made him a ninja course in their backyard, <laughs> and of course they love it. He's not Flynn; it's Flinger. You yeah. know, that's his love nickname. Love it, oh, solid. Yeah, Flinger, and and they are besotted with watching Ninja Warrior, like many kids now, and, and and you are right that we needed something like this yeah. for the kids yeah. and for the parents to be able to take their kids to, and the, the gyms are popping up all over the place, there's a big one here in Perth. Yeah, yeah, and they just, you know, the first few years, uh, Dave Ravi owns that gym and yep. he was very focused, just on adults, you know, just on adults. not a big sort of kid fan, yep. and um, you know, since the show popped out, it's sort of this 
high demand for children. Yep. And so, he, yeah, he created a little space in the back just for kids. And wow. he's, he's lowered the age, so now 14-plus can play on the big course as yep. well. Yep, uh, Which is, I think, it's a great movement now and a great opportunity, especially for people and kids and families in Perth because I tell you what, gyms like that are not common. They're not, you know, they're hard to set up. They come Absolutely. with a lot of insurance. Oh, so, yeah, jeez. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine the insurance bill, actually. Like, you know, the liability <laughs> that you've got to have on there, like, that yeah. would be nuts. Oh, yeah, it so really would. Dave doesn't own a trampoline in there, and that's because that takes it up to the next tier. Does it really? Yeah. So all these, like, jumping plates and all that, they got massive insurances and all yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm. Now, I have, over the last maybe 12 months signed a deal with an electric skateboard company called Evolve Skateboards Wicked, right? yeah. have you got a skateboard? I don't have you ever had one? Um, my dad did and your I dad had it. one? <laughs> did you steal it from him? absolutely <laughs> <laughs> he used to own a plumbing warehouse and yep. oh my god I loved that warehouse there was so much trouble to get into <laughs> Um, and he, the things that he had, he had a piano back there. And Did he really? Collecting dust. So I remember I'd be on that and I'd find his skateboards. Did he play? I know. I wish I took lessons. Yep. Um, I know a couple of tunes that I just sort of learnt off people, but that's about yeah, it. Right, okay. Yeah, right, OK. So your dad's a plumber by trade? He was, He yes. was a plumber by trade? Yeah. So do you have siblings? I do. have uh, one brother. His name's Trent. And um, dad owned a plumbing business called Vivian's Plumbing. Oh, right oh. Grandpa owned it. Great grandpa. Oh, know, my God. Came down the line. I think it started in 1904. Yep. Um, and then, you know, my brother, uh, next in line, chose to do real estate. <laughs> Didn't want to get his hands dirty. Gee, your dad would have loved that. Oh, eh? God. <laughs> Where's the tradition? I know. It's just gone. Oh. So you used to get up to a bit of misery out in, out in the back stalls of, of Dad's shop. It was sort of, you know, where's Olivia? You just sort of have to look up. Yep. That's, yeah, I'd sort of just be climbing on stuff and getting into stuff, and I'd find all the broken tiles and create artwork out of them. Oh, my God, like a mosaic. Yeah. You used to do mosaics yeah, as a absolutely. young Wow, isn't that amazing? Like, we had a, a takeaway shop growing up, you know, awesome. and we used to, like, because I'm, I'm Greek, see, so oh, my dad's Greek, my mum's a woman, you know, so... <laughs> So we had this takeaway shop, and we spent a lot of our time down there. And he used to go into the storeroom and help Dad pack things or pack shelves in the shop or whatever yeah. it might be. And you know, there was mischief all around that you could easily get up to. I know. But my old man had come down with like Thor's hammer, you know, bang, what the hell are you bloody doing? Frighten the crap out of him. You know us. why? Because he was probably mischievous and he knows all the tricks. You know, he's my grandmother, his mum absolutely said that about him. Yeah. He was a tyrant of a little dude. I think you know. my mum was the same because we never got away with anything. And that's why she's so Because <laughs> yeah. she knew what she got up to. <laughs> Ain't no way my kids are doing that, mate. Wow. Uh, now, I... As a young bloke, as a young man, I grew up in the country, right? In Western Sydney. It's not, not country now, but it was back yeah, then. Yeah. And I always wanted to be on stage always and it just so happens 40 years later I'm living the dream right but what about you I mean you, you were saying that you started gymnastics from eight years old yeah and it was did you have the dream to compete for Australia from when you were that young yeah I think for me I, I started gymnastics purely because I loved it yep. I loved flying swinging learning new tricks it was that was my passion um 
Then I got invited to the WA Institute of Sports at yep. the Elite Centre when I was 10 years old. Yep. Um, they had a great sports program over here, actually. They did, yeah, yeah. They really did. And so there was these Olympic rings up in the gym. But I was an airhead growing up. Like, you know, I just did what I loved. Yep. And it was not until I was 12 years old that I looked at those rings and learnt what they meant and what they were for. And yep. we were fortunate to have Alana Slater in my gym, who Righto. was a pioneer for gymnastics um, in Australia. Yep. And so uh, looking up to her, I think I was, I, was tr- I was lucky to have a role model like that. Yep. And yep. Um, once I decided that the Olympics was my goal, that was it. You know, that was my dream. I wanted to go to the Olympics and, you know, it, it wasn't easy, but I was in a good spot to make that happen. Yep. So they do provide great coaches, great facilities, yep. um, everything you need to get there, but it just comes down to you as an athlete. Absolutely, you know? and your desire. Yeah. The, the 3Ds, the discipline, the desire, and the dedication. Absolutely, I love you that. Know? And if you've got them yeah. and, and you instill them in whatever it is that you are doing, yeah. then mate, you're going to go a long way. And, and you are the essence of that. I mean, look at what you've done from a young age. Yeah, but you it know? didn't come easy. I was My dad was quite tall and the average height of a gymnast was quite small. I was going to so. say, you are not the average height of a no. gymnast because they are... Like, when I think about gymnasts, I think of Mary Lou Retton. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm nearly taller than her. Like, she's like a smurf, (laughs) you know. And I tell you the truth, I had a bit of a crush on her actually growing up. She was a little hottie, mate, Mary Lou. She still is, don't worry. Don't be telling me that. (laughs) um, Jeez. Yes, when I first started, I was, of course, told I was, you know, too skinny, too knobbly knees, too tall. I probably wouldn't get anywhere, win any medals. But I just had this... I did have this determination and just this passion for it and this yep. willingness to try anything. So a yep. lot of girls get that fear installed and I was just first up and let's go. Yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, and then the dream became realistic. Um, when in gymnastics, you're a senior when you're 16 years old. Yep. <laughs> Different wow. other sports. Yep. Um, but I made my first world championships when I was 16 and yep. that's when it became realistic. realistic like I was on an Australian team. At 16. 16. Wow. The Olympic Games were in three years' time. Wow. And so you just missed, um, what was that, 2008 was Beijing. Athens. I missed Athens. Athens. You missed Athens. I was right. one year too young. Oh, okay. So you were out of the age bracket. Yes. Right. So that was brought in as I was growing up. That yep. wasn't always the way. Yep. Um, so that was brought in, and I, to be honest, I was quite disappointed given that Athens was the home of the Olympic Games. Absolutely. That's where it started. Yeah. Um, and then learning mine was in China. Yep. And yeah, in my mentally, I was like, I was quite disappointed um, at that. But um, anyway, I 17, I made my second world championship team, and then what happened was I got I got really complacent at that point. I Did was, you really? I was number one on the uneven bars in the country. I had been for a few years. I wanted to ask you, like, there's a number of different apparatuses. I mean, yeah. the, the, the ladies have the uneven bars, the beam, the floor. And the that, vault. And the vault, you know, and then, I mean, yeah. they, they do other regions like ribbon and ball and hoops and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I'm hearing that your your apparatus is the uneven bar. Absolutely. And what happens when that is your passion, and you're, you do have to train all four, but yep. what happened was I'd train all four, but every time I got to bars, I'd try harder. Yeah, right. And so over the years, I just got much better at that. At the bars. And, <laughs> then, and, yeah. Yeah, so right. I learnt to love beam, and floor, I loved showing off in the artistry, but yep. I was never very powerful. Uh, so vault, I ended up stopped training. I run like a deer that's had a few too many. <laughs> Um, so it was 
that was my event. But yeah, I, I got complacent. I got lazy, and yep. I'd come to training. I would always show up. That was my thing. Yep. But I, I'd half-ass it. And if the coach wasn't looking, I would be cheating on my strength program. Oh no! Wow. So that you know was, what? This is great advice that yeah. you're giving. That there's no shortcuts. There is none. So the next year, one year before the Olympic Games, I missed out on the World Champs team. Wow. So I did. So we're looking at 07. You missed out. I missed out. Yeah. And that was a, a slap in the face and a really hard because I'd gotten into this routine and it wasn't a good routine. You know, I was KFC and I were best friends. Oh and, wow. Yeah. You know, my mind was on boys yeah. and so. Yeah, it was, that was a hard moment. I really had to decide, and it was the um, the psychologist at Waste who said, you're either in 100% yep. or you're, or you're out. out. Like, we're not going to take pips on ones that's trying 50%. And um, we actually figured out that I was quite scared to try 100% and right. fail. That, um, you know, to give it your all and fail was scary for yep. me. Um, but it was a decision that I decided. Yeah, to right, do it. We're going for this. Uh, I dumped the boyfriend. I cleaned up my eating. and See you later, pal. Bye-bye, yeah. KFC. See you. <laughs> See you later, Colonel. I'm out the door. I might come back one day, but that's it. Our relationship is over. Yeah, so I ended that and, um, you know, started really getting on top of my homework and going to bed on time. Yep. And, um, yeah, when I'd show up to training, I was there. Yep. I was not just physically, I was mentally there. And Wow. It paid off because yep. I was one of six selected for the Games that year. How good's that? All right, like, China blew my mind. Did your mum go? Uh, she did. Yep. yep. Dad went, the brother went. Yep. And Trent was over Trent, there. Trent was there. Selling real estate. But I'll tell you, for years, we fought like cats and dogs. Yeah, and of course. Siblings it was rivalry, mate. But the second I made the Olympic team, I was cool. Yep. I was suddenly cool yep, in you were like, hey, that's my yeah. sister. You know? Wow, jeez. So, and then, yeah, one of the standouts, I think, um, was we were in the same session as China. So yep. the entire audience was red. It oh, was a absolutely. sea of red. Oh, mate. The noise, you couldn't hear your coach. Like, it was crazy. And I remember we were walking over, and our coach was very big on us staying in our bubble, staying focused. Don't look at the crowd. Don't wave. Don't interact. And so we're marching over to the uneven bars and, you know, in the sea of red. And then <laughs> I've got my dad and my brother. They'd run down to the front of the line in this big stand. They've got fluorescent green, yellow wigs on. They're oh all green God. and gold and they are yelling out like, Olivia! Oh, <laughs> Just trying so hard to get my attention. And, in and that did they moment, get it? I was, I was like, Olivia, you are here once. Yeah, that's I exactly turned and gave right. him a cheeky wave. And Good on you, I mate. I absolutely got in trouble for that. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're there once, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, right. you're there once. I was wish. just, yeah, it's just a lot of memories come from that. And especially I was, ended up nailing my bar routine to the point where I stuck that landing. And the thoughts that run in your mind was, you know, to all the people that doubted me, to all the people that told me I could never be here absolutely. and I would never be able to do that, it just felt so good. You just stick it right up their ass. Absolutely. I, I mean, it wasn't easy. It, it was definitely a lot of hard work, but, yeah. um, man, it was but worth, worth it. worth it, right? Absolutely. And, you know, that, that's one advice that I, that I love giving people is that now life is not easy. But I promise you it's worth it. Yeah. If you do the right thing and you know if you found you found routine yep. and you found the discipline inside of you. Yeah. You know, and, and look at what it's done for you. And look, I mean look at where you are now. I know. You know? Yeah. You bloody going out with a DJ. <laughs> this is bloody young, you know, geez, that bloody techno stuff. I don't know what oh, the hell's going on. I have on no there. idea. He's so oh, good at it. My He's, goodness. Oh no. Now 
Um, as a role model, and I heard you interview all Freddie yeah. in an interview with you, yeah. and you, you stated that you just didn't want to be seen as a female ninja. No. Right? You wanted to be seen as a ninja. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I have to say that was a very strong statement because for me growing up, I got sick and tired of people seeing me as a disabled person. Yeah. You know? And I just wanted to be normal. Yep. But something that I realised is that the fact is that I am disabled and that can't change. Yep. No matter what I do, it yep. can't change, you know? So I then looked at it differently and said, well, you know what, I'm going to be the first disabled person to do this, and I am going to be the first disabled person to do this. Love it. So, on your side of things, what you have done for not just ninjas, but female ninjas, young girls, I mean, you are the equivalent to Casey in the States, to Steffi Graf, you know, we have our own right here in Olivia Vivian. And so many of these young girls will be looking up to you. And I just need you to know that, you, you know, regardless of whether you're a ninja or whether you're a female ninja, mate, you are a role model. Thank you. You know, and that is going to come down on top of you in such a beautiful way that these kids that are going to come through, and we, when they start competing, you know, I watched Olivia Vivian do this, and, yeah. and she said that I could do it, and guess what? I'm here doing it because of her. That's right. You Look, know? I, I love all those female role models, you yeah. know, Casey and Jessie. And, yeah. um, Again, and someone I'm really taller than, not Casey. And, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. only a little bit. She is tiny, but Jessie and um, even Flex Lebrex, so, yep. uh, they're inc- incredible. I've been, yeah. I've raced against them, and I've competed alongside them, and they are absolutely amazing. And I love when people say, oh, you're like... You're like the Australian Jessie Graff, and I'm like, no, I'm the Australian Olivia, Olivia Vivian. Yeah, absolutely. All right? So, yeah. <laughs> like, as much as, you know, they are role models, and yeah. I definitely admire them a lot, but um, I'm here, I'm doing my own thing, and I want to yeah. make my own stamp, so. Did, did you have a role model when you started doing all this? Who did you, who did you emulate? <laughs> well, the way that I got into Ninja wasn't because I saw someone do it. I was inspired, you know. I think it was one of those situations where, um, you know, gymnastics fizzled me out. It really did. It It took every little bit of love for exercise out of me, unfortunately. So my last two years, you know, as rewarding as the Commonwealth Games were and another World Championships, I just, I left and I just hated the idea of working out. And being fit and healthy, it wasn't... I just had a really negative attitude towards it and you couldn't get me to a yoga class. Like, you could bribe me to do almost anything and you could not get me to a... a what about if I bring a bit of KFC along, mate? <laughs> you know, you'll do anything then? No, nah. I'll sit on the side, eat the KFC oh, yeah. and watch it. So, I was just in that place. And when the first season of Ninja came around, I didn't know what Ninja was and I did it for a free trip to Sydney. Wow. That was, you know, the idea of going flying over, having a bit of fun... That's what I did it for, and yep. it didn't hit me till I was standing on the platform, the start of the course, thinking, "This is insane." So you didn't this train beforehand? Nothing. Shit. And I look back at my run now, and I'm like, "Wow, Shit. I do move quite unusually, and yep. it's not very fluent um, compared to what I've learnt now." And I got to the wall, wall and I ran directly into it three times because I had no idea what to do. So. Right. But it was that failure that lit a fire. Yeah. It really did. And so Ninja for me turned into wanting to conquer that wall, yep. which I did do season three. Yep. Uh, season two, sorry. And um, then it turned to I, I want to be the best. Yep. And that mentality shifted. And 
you know, I didn't, I wanted to go for the best and I truly believe, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, females, we're just as strong, if not stronger than the guys. I think that's rubbish. Look, uh, I to be honest, like anatomy wise, let's get real. Yeah, all right, let's yeah, be realistic yeah. about it. But I do believe we're capable. Yep. All right, this course doesn't favor any particular body type, sure things are going to help, yep. but obstacles are always changing. Yep. You never know what you're going to get. That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, for me, my motivation changed yep. uh, coming into this and being able to inspire other females is a bonus. Yep. Um, and when Freddie did interview me, I was I spoke from my heart, I actually yeah, good. forgot what I said. Yep. Um, and then I watched it again and bawled my eyes out, but um, it was, <laughs> it's, I was in that moment and I knew I could have completed that course. I knew I could have um, hit that buzzer and maybe even done two and three. Like, but it was just that moment where someone actually yelled out in the crowd, like, for the girls. And I was like, I don't feel like... I'm doing it for the girls. I'm doing it for me to be a ninja. Like, my goal wasn't to be the best female in Australia. My goal is to be the best ninja. And so, yeah, that was... It's just a part of my belief now and, and what drives me. And how good's that, eh? Yeah. So when you're standing up there and you can hear the countdown, three, two, one, <laughs> what's going in your mind before you step off? You've just listened to John Kudis's Rolling Success podcast show. Hear the rest of this interview on the next episode of JC's Rolling Success show. Please make sure you subscribe to listen to all the podcasts and follow John Kudis on all social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn.